0: Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season four, and we are at episode 48 of the Dallas Cow- UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. Joined by Mike and Paul this evening, and it is not a very good evening. It's not a victory polo Tuesday. Unfortunately, our Cowboys were defeated on Sunday night um, against a very, very good and strong San Francisco 49ers team who we're not going to take anything away from. Um. Gents, give me your initial
1: thoughts. Uh, It's a disappointing end to the season. Um, Defensively, I thought we played very well offensively, and it just keeps going back to the single word we've been saying all season, inconsistent. And despite we were 12-5, we beat Tom Brady, but... Those other wee games throughout the season, and when the matters, when the games that really didn't, that game that really matter most, we just did not manage to show up on game day. Unfortunately,
0: this is very true. Mike, gives your own first thoughts.
2: Uh It was a game where the they were parts where everything worked, just not all at the same time.
1: Yeah. That's a good the point. They,
2: they, they beat themselves, basically. They have to get out of their own
1: Ex- way. Exactly,
0: mate, exactly. Yeah. It's very true. So, um, as you can see there, just it, it's uh, going to start ticking through the bottom of the screen in a second. So, we lost nineteen twelve at Levi's Stadium, which was, again, sold out and sold out above capacity. We're now out in the 49ers' advanced to the divisional round to play some team. We owned the twenty-sixth pick in the first round, and I believe it's the twenty-seventh pick in every other round after that.
1: Um oh, oh, don't forget, uh the, the Cowboys in the 49ers game was I think it was like forty seven point five million people were watching that game. So the second I think
0: that, most watched divisional round game of all time, I believe.
1: Yep, yeah, and I think and we still and I think ours was still the first one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty yeah, sure so. it was. Yeah, yeah. so yeah.
0: I mean, it's it it's hard to do a show like this because you know, even two days on, all of us are still a little bit deflated and yeah, of, you course, know, of
1: course, yeah.
0: It's it's hard to stomach and I know Paul, you were saying beforehand you're you're already moving on to next season, which is gr- which is great to hear, you know, but it's it's just a bummer that we have to re- review and talk about a defeat like that. And Look, we can see people are, are are dropping into comments already. So make sure and get your comments, your thoughts, everything into us. You know, let us know your thoughts. Please go easy on Dak. <laughs> um, a lot of we know a lot of people want to go heavy, uh, but please try and keep it clean, keep keep it constructive, um, and let's take it from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can understand a lot of frustration from fans and stuff, that, uh, but. Yeah, and and again, I'm gonna call out our own fans at the same time. Um, Mm. I don't like the idea or what fans do, what so-called fans do, by burning jerseys and putting jerseys in the trash. I'm sorry, but if you're really a proper Dallas Cowboys fan, you would still support your quarterback no matter what, how bad or how bad the team is. Like you, yeah. like I'm going to take this as a prime example. Look at the Cleveland Browns right now. All mm-hmm. the year, all the years they've had, they've been very dysfunctional. Even the Texans fans, they stick by their team no matter what. They don't put a flight of fluid to their jerseys or anything like mm. that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but and and the fact that you're posting it on social media, I'm sorry, but that is just idiotic. And I, I, I think it's. Just not a true sign of a true fan. I, yeah. I don't. I just don't know what else to say about. It, but, uh...
0: I mean, let's be honest. We've no fun poking the bear and talking about that team up north of us and yeah. their trash fans. You know, as we say about them. Look, it's a minority. It's not all of their fans. It's, it's and not. This yeah. isn't all of our fans as well. And, but and, and it's what we hate to see.
1: And and unfortunately that minority is the one that gets the most attention on the social media and it, it gets other teams to kinda oh look at this and look at that, look how petty they are and stuff like that. That's not a true representation of the the mass majority of the franchise's yeah. fans. So yeah, if anything, these people who are so fans are actually damaging everyone else's reputation. Yeah.
0: One hundred percent, and the, the 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 other thing I I liked I saw I was just going through Twitter before we before we joined, I liked a comment from Jay Tuck that he put out is about the amount of people who are contacting him, and the way he's responded to, it perfectly, yeah. Why are you contacting me? Is that the highlight of your day, to contact me because my team lost? Do you think I'm going to lose sleep over it? I mean, it was it was a brilliant exactly.
1: Process. And that is to show how how much class J Talk has a good yeah. friend of a good friend of our show a really good friend, I would say a really close friend of ours now within yeah. the Cowboys Content Creators community, and yeah, I think he worded that absolutely perfectly. So big yeah. big big shout out to J Talk everyone big show, yeah,
0: absolutely. And we will be we will be trying to get J Talk on over the course of the next few months. You know we will we will be having shows over the. The close season, I suppose, if you want to call that, heading into free agency, heading into the draft, which we'll give you a bit more detail about later.
1: Yep. So I see that the comments are now coming in, and so, yep. uh, and I see uh, our good friend Andy is commented here. So, yeah. so he said, uh, "Said for years that is good enough to keep you interested, competitive every year without talking." where you want to go, which makes it a tough spot. Top 10 QBs aren't easy to find, though. It's just frustrating strain, that might be the ceiling with them. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair argument. That's a fair argument. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I saw someone put a stat line statistic uh, with Dak Prescott, and everyone's talking about Josh Allen as the next go-to guy type of thing right now. Dak's actually outperformed... Josh Allen, statistically, right now, yeah. even uh, even though he may have maybe two more interceptions, but he's got more, he's got more passing yards, he's yeah. got more QA touchdowns. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because it's us, we are the most media grabbing attention mm-hmm. team within yeah. mainstream media, and people just use us as a Ferris wheel. Essentially, oh, yeah. or or a hamster wheel. Sorry, I don't know yeah. if that. I don't know if that could be one of the reasons why. But I just like I. I generally do think that is good enough. I think it really depends on the coach and the system now, yeah. and, and and we'll break into that for sure.
0: Yeah, like I mean, I was making this point with you guys over the last couple of days. Every quarterback is a system quarterback. Absolutely, like um, you know, like. I'm interested to hear Mike's take because I know Mike is a huge Josh Allen fan.
2: (laughs) 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 I mean, like, like, okay, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say every quarterback is a system quarterback, but Hmm. look at Patrick Mahomes Convince me he's not then.
0: Well, he, only, he has, well, he's only he, had one OC though. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah,
2: but but I mean, when you look at it, you're like everything. He's in a system that is perfectly built for uh, him. Uh, mm. Yeah, but it's it's,
1: t- it's tailored around him. But whereas we're yeah. not like whereas those other teams that are, they're adding weapons, but it's not tailored to the quarterback. It's not mm. tailored to a particular, yeah. particular system he's most comfortable with. Like, like yeah.
2: before, before, Stefan Diggs. Arrived, Josh Allen was falling into mediocrity. Yeah, you go.
1: That's yeah. right.
2: And they, they needed something. They needed something to be able to assist him in a part where he was weakest. And Stefan yeah. Diggs was that missing piece. I'm they so, added so, to the system and suddenly, oh, look at that. I
1: mean, yeah. I'm so I'm so glad that you mentioned Stefan Diggs, like bringing certain players to the equation. And we mm. know Stefan Diggs is a big time player. Yeah. But But when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dirty Birds, and you look at the San Francisco 49ers, what they've done this year to bring Mm. people in, they've brought brought in Christian McCaffrey, big time player. Yep. A a trade that really did pay off massively for them. That's what Uh, tipped them over the edge. And also, and yeah, and also the Eagles getting AJ Brown, which at first we were kind of thinking it's a bit uh overcompensating for I did we didn't think he was worth the first round draft pick to be perfectly honest but he has and and fairness he's like like he maybe not be getting the most there but he is becoming that team player is actually helping other players step up as well. So yeah I think that I still think
0: that AJ Brown trade made sense to me Mm. because they had what was it they had three first rounders last year they've two this year. So I I could understand that trade and what I compare and what I flip that back to is look at how Dak Prescott improved once Amari Cooper came into the building. Exactly. And the slight struggle he's had this year. Now to be be fair, CeeDee Lamb has come on so strong in the second half of the year. Yep. Yep. And that's through building that relationship because he's now wide receiver one. But I mean, I I saw this a lot on Sunday night Get Joe Burrow in here Joe Burrow would bring us to a Super Bowl I'm not sure if he would I don't think he would Josh Allen, he'd get us to a Super Bowl You know um, Sorry, Patrick Mahomes, he'd get us to a Super Bowl And if you remember earlier today I said it to you guys Who won the Super Bowl last year And track it back Mm -hmm. It was Josh Allen lost to Joe Burrow, or lost to it was Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. No one talks yeah. about Matthew Stafford as being any kind of elite quarterback, but he was quarterback who won it last year. Yep,
1: yeah. and people thought uh, the Rams were crazy for trading him.
0: Yeah, like a guy who was in his mid thirties.
1: Trader yeah. going, yeah. going into the end of his career and then traded yeah. for a first round draft pick for him. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean so, I mean I can see so I see Joseph Terrell's made the comment yeah. and, and and thanks for thanks for swinging by Joseph. Yeah. Um he's saying Dak is not a. I mean I can understand yeah like like again like we have seen the best of Dak, and we've seen the worst of Dak. Mm. Like when you go back to his rookie season, and I don't know, if you can say it,
2: that this year, <laughs> well, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, even well, even you can say it, that in the last three weeks, even, mm. yeah, and even t- 2021. I thought, look, statistically, what well, 2021 was Dak's best season. He almost like was it four thousand seven hundred and plus yards, uh, passing yeah. yards, and. 31 touchdowns and stuff like that with what um eight interceptions or something like that. So yeah, it was a non-factor last year. But yet yeah, there was still levels of inconsistency, and that was more down to
3: yeah
1: the play calling. Um, but I just I really do think this year now is more down to the actual play calling as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, it does. That it's not. I wouldn't say it's not. I don't get me wrong. Dad did make some big mistakes. In the course of the season, without mm. a doubt. Like yeah. um, but a lot of the flack and the fire needs to come from the OCA as well. Yeah. It has to. So it
0: does. And I'm just I'm gonna pull up pull up both points here that Joseph has come back in and said some say we can't find a quarterback late, we got beaten by the latest. I think that's slightly unfair because you face the best defense. Brock Purdy doesn't play on defense for the 49ers. Uh, and is he the thing.
2: Yeah, I would say, even looking at that, and you look at yeah. like Dak through two interceptions. Okay. Yeah. One of them one of them was his fault. One is very dubious. But when gone. you look at I'll say it, yeah. yeah, yeah um, but I mean, when you, you look at the two quarterbacks, Dak still had mm.
0: the better game. Yeah. Yeah. And Kind of then just to just bring up Andy's point, that's going nowhere for two years, so there's no point over analyzing. Yeah. There's no way we get out of that contract. So, no. talking about we'll trade for Lamar Jackson, not no. a remote possibility. Just it's to
1: add, I, I, just well, want to, I just want to go back to the whole topic where you brought Pardue, right? So, yeah, brought Pardue what like put points to the board for San Francisco, yeah, but. You could put any quarterback in that system. It's the way how San Francisco executed. They've got the players, they can work all they need, and and this is what you mentioned, Mike, is the yards after catch, the yacht yards. Right. It doesn't take a special quarterback to do that. It's just as long as you're quick to get the ball released quickly, and and that's what Brock Purdy did. He got the ball out quickly, and that was it. There was none of the deep routes or anything like that, or jumping out the pocket to try and keep the player alive, you saw none of that and you saw mm-hmm. and you saw that in all those six games prior to that with brought Purdy. so yeah Brock Purdy was just in there to do his job he wasn't there to to be the commander-in-chief or whoever the, the leader of the team it's that system with san francisco where it you can put i don't know you could probably put cooper russian there and he would actually make san francisco work wonders yeah. Uh, and that's and, and and that's down to their coaching and how their schemas. Yeah. So I'm just gonna flick it over,
0: gents, and let's talk about news and up. So as we said, look coming out with Sunday, Tony Pollard unfortunately suffered a broken leg, a high ankle sprain, which requires surgery. Mm. Looking at four-month recovery period. Trayvon uh, Mullen was waived yesterday. Dan Quinn is a hot candidate for vacant roles. I think it's his second interview with the um, Texans incoming, or sorry, the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Cardinals, but still in the running for the Colts and Texans role as well. We signed five players to future contracts yesterday. And I think I counted with about 21 players who are hitting the free agency market, in after I suppose effectively now, you know. So, give your thoughts on
1: those, okay? So, I'll start off with Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard, um, the injury in a way, and it sucks to say this because you don't want to wish any injuries on players whatsoever, but this is actually a plus. For the Dallas Cowboys right now, Mm -hmm. and reason why I say that is because it kind of gives us a much more better bargaining chip to get him re-signed. Because when if Paul loves to go hit free agency, not many teams will risk signing a player who's just coming off an injury as much, unless he's already in that system. And players and the medical Mm -hmm. we've we've got the medical sheet. We know how to analyze them, etc., etc. So. The, the balls are more in Dallas's court to kind of get him re-signed a lot better and we actually get him in a more better deal than we anticipated yep. rather than yep. hit the then rather than hit the free agency. I could be wrong, but that's the kind of impression I'm getting. So um in terms of likes uh Dan Quinn, it'll be a big miss if he does decide to go to which seems to be um the Cardinals as they're going for that second uh, interview mm-hmm. and yeah um future contracts mean we're pretty much just stacking or getting ready for next season yeah, already so that's, I all that is. that's all that is but if there's any other guys I would try and look to re-sign as LVE McGovern and Terrence Steel get yeah. th- th- those are to me are the top three we need to bring back and Jonathan
2: uh, Hankins I, and, and Hankins, yeah. Hankins yeah. yeah
1: yeah I was gonna I, I was gonna say Hankins but I was gonna say, like, if we can get Hankins, I'm pretty sure there'll be someone else in the draft we could probably potentially pick up as well.
2: I wouldn't I wouldn't be and I know we'll talk about free agency a lot more next week on yeah,
0: show, 100%. But 100%. yeah.
2: Um I wouldn't be opposed to keeping Dante Fowler either.
0: If you get him on the cheap enough deal, on um, yeah, it's always about cost, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and, and especially about cost. Andy makes a really great comment here. And yeah. this, this is referring to all the opposing teams right now. It's the Eagles, the 49ers, the Bengals have a lot of weapons right now because they can afford them and their current quarterbacks are on their, either their rookie deals or cheap deals right now. Mm. And that is so true. That is a great yeah. point, Andy. Great yeah. comment. Well,
0: to be fair, don't forget the that team still paid a lot of money last year. For Indianapolis to have their quarterback, so they have that burning in their arse pocket. And 49ers still have Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, well yeah, Bengals, I'm, don't forget this. Hey, huge! This is their last cheap year with Joe like, B. Like,
2: people will complain about, um, you know, like, be like, oh, 49ers, look what they've done. You know, they pick up Mr. Ravalovant and they make it for a run in the playoffs. They know how to manage your roster. Don't forget, they have a quarterback they took with a top 10 pick who cannot play. Top five, hmm. Yeah. I know, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's wild that no no roster is immune to problems or issues or something they've done wrong.
1: I've got another comment uh, coming in from Joseph. Um, yep. He's And it's a completely different topic as we're talking yeah. about running backs. Um, he's asking, uh, do you think Ezekiel Elliott is done in Dallas? No. Um, personally, for me, it's unlikely because he still got what two years left. And
2: he came out today and said he'd take a
1: pay cut. And he would yeah. take a pay and take a pay cut. So um, I don't see. And plus, if we were to let him go right now, I think the cap hit would be quite substantial. Oh, yeah. I believe. Yeah, Zeke yeah. Elliott
0: is just still on her cap up to
1: twenty twenty six. Yeah. So maybe put some voidable years. Extension mm-hmm. on the contract, type of yeah. thing to just bring the cost down, if but
2: I, if I'm Terry and I've just heard him say, um will the take
1: that straight away," I'm going sold. I'm not yeah. saying, that's it. I'm done. I'm like, "Yep, yeah." Yeah, because I think I think he realizes now that he's not well. He's now playing for trophies. Now he wants to play for trophies. He's he's got the majority of his bank now. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and awesome. he knows, and he knows his next contract is not going to be in as significant, and uh, and just to kind of follow up Joseph's, Joseph's uh, comment, he's saying he's not productive. I still, I disagree. I'm I'm sorry, Joseph. When you really nine games in row with nine touchdowns. games, nine games in a row touchdowns. He was the guy that he was the the battering ram, hitting it up for the inside. He's the guy who gets all you all those dirty yards. So. Yeah. You look how many he is he is he, has, he has productive. He, he, I don't know how many times he kept Dallas from third and five, third and six, oh. keeping the first downs. That's still being productive yeah. in my in my book.
2: I, w- I was gonna say even even those you know those ones where it's they decide to go for it on fourth down, it's fourth and one, and it looks like that he's not gonna make it. It's third and two, and they've got him stuffed. All of a sudden the you know the pile lifts up and they're like first down and you're like, How yeah. in how in the world? Like there is no other running back that will do that yeah. on a more consistent basis. But we when you stop and you look at uh, the Cowboys this season, they were one of the best offenses on third down. A lot yeah. of that is down to Zeke making yeah. those yeah. those last second ditch efforts.
1: And don't forget, he has the best pass protecting running back. See when they're in pass protection. He, he didn't like he that de- like and even andy just made the comment yeah like, yeah zeke is worth keeping around on the reduced deal just for his pass protection alone 100 percent. because you saw the difference with tony pollard being in a more pass protection role he would get put like forced back five six yards yep. into the yep. pocket where zeke he can hold his own um i mean <sighs> again i can understand you're not getting the same genesis qua. The the glamour the this the, yeah. the big the big plays from Zeke anymore. It's because he's developed into this different type of style of running. But he's became more of this battering ram. He's like like he's the guy who's going to put linebackers on the butts, Whereas Tony yeah. Pollard, who's the more speed elusive, you're going to see a lot more longer drives, etc. So it's I can un, again I can st- I can understand yeah. you're not seeing as much highlight reel from Zeke. But when you watch the film and dice it and really break it down, Zeke has been very productive on the field. Like yeah. it's, it's just you're not seeing it as oh, look at that 20-yard run, look at that 15-yard run. It's like, yeah. like for what Pollard does, it's, it's because defenses are not they it's yeah. yeah. I, I like I I just
0: want to come in there on two points. Um Paul, because I agree with you Mike, correct me if I'm wrong on this one mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott Is Has the third most running back yards For a Cowboys Running back, he's only behind Tony Dorsett And he's yeah, not that far right. behind Tony Dorsett yeah. And of course Emmett Smith
2: but Which will never be beaten which, no. no, it
0: won't but I'm seeing the comments coming in here from Joseph. He's talking about Bijan John Robinson. And Joseph, you couldn't talk to a bigger Bijan John Robinson fan than me, as you can see there, Texas Longhorns top. I don't see Bijan John Robinson being an elite running back in the NFL. I hate saying it. I honestly do. But I don't think he's the messiah a lot of people are making him out to be. um, And... Andy's comment here to bring it up, just saying running backs are easy enough to find in the mid rounds of the draft as well for the future. That is hundred percent true, and even
1: undrafted guys. Are, it goes back. It goes back. It goes back to our favorite saying: the draft is the lottery. Yeah. You, you just but, don't know. You just you just don't know what you don't know what mystery prize. You know what you're you know what you're picking, but you don't know how that mystery prize is going to flourish when it comes to hitting the NFL league. Not every first round draft pick is going to be that star studded player. Not like I mean tape and even quarterbacks as well. Like yeah. you see you've seen uh like Tony Romo for example, he was undrafted. You're seeing Dak Prescott fourth rounder. You're seeing mm-hmm. you're seeing late round wide receivers in the past like Antonio Brown having a really good career with the Steelers before his uh mental downward spiral um yeah. for, for the patriots invaders etc etc um it really is matter of once you get the player in there can you get that player to kind of fit your system and get the best mm-hmm. out of them and that seems to be always the biggest challenge when it comes to coaches and organizations right now here's yeah. one
2: for you right just to just to prove to you how effective ezekiel Elliott is
1: Just check it. And keep this
2: one as well, Paul, for the World's team on the weekend. Oh, okay. That um, Zeke was called on 52 pass blocking snaps this year. There were six other players that had more with zero sacks allowed. Zeke Mm -hmm. allowed zero sacks. But none of those six that allowed zero sacks had less pressures allowed than Zeke.
1: Yeah. yeah. Goes back to what we're saying. Like he is the best yeah. pass protection running back out there in the league. Zero
2: penalties. Well. And
1: you yeah. and 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 just to think of it in this comparison, you would think it would be Derrick Henry, but he cannot block yeah. at all. Can't. He can't. He, can't. You he would, can't like for for a guy with that physical specimen of Derek Henry for the Titans. Yeah. you you would think just by um physical attributes alone, he would be oh, um, he would be great as a blocker no yeah. it's not like nope. that can't um can't to... block can't receive
0: out of the backfield
1: he's, 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 just he, he, he's, he's a very forward direction running back and he's really good at it and that's yeah. what the and 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 that's one thing the titans have done well they are accustomed to that style of running for derrick henry yeah. yeah so yeah and and sorry and and, sorry mate and just to add on top of that and i think this is the problem what we've got with dallas we don't necessarily have an identity when it comes to our running game we don't know we don't know how to get the best out of zeke and don't get me wrong i think and well this might be controversial saying in some way we've been very lucky with tony pollard in a way to get that different dynamic and yet and he has um, obviously flushed. He's now going to the... Well, he's nominated to the Pro Bowl, but he's not obviously going to be at the Pro Bowl anymore because of the injury and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. But he has a f- first first pick, running one of the first-run uh, picks for the uh, Pro Bowl. So, um, it wasn't an
2: alternate. No,
1: you know, it was not. Yep, no alternate or anything like that. And when you look at other uh, running backs out there in the league, I'm just trying to think of players that, you would think are very similar to Tony Pollard, but it hasn't really worked out. Like Najee Harris for the for the Steelers, he's not really. I would say you would look at him and Pollard in terms of physical attributes, speed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's not really excelled with Pittsburgh, but they're very similar type of players. So it's again it's a system thing as well. Yeah, um, and again it's it's a matter of how the coaches need to build the identity of the running game yeah
2: it, it, but what it boils down to with running backs is the one thing i always key on when i'm scouting running backs and both zeke and tony Pollard are quite equal in this and it's contact balance you have good contact balance you'll be an elite wide receiver in the nfl and both have that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and just to kind of add more joseph just commented again saying with Kellen Moore gets away from what works, and it's why it's so much up and down play. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, that I completely yeah. agree. Um, I, I don't know what it is with Kellen, and this seems to be the on. I don't know about you, Brian, but I, and my I don't. It seems to be the ongoing mystery when it comes to Kellen Moore. Um, yeah, just, it does oh, I,
2: you to... can you can answer this, right, Paul? Hmm. Were you happy with his play calling against Tampa?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: That's the type of game you can get from it. It goes
1: back to that single word, inconsistency. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think what happens is it's not, yeah, okay, inconsistency. But what I feel is the issue, and the Cowboys have been like this for a while, quite some time, is controversy. That when they're met with a a controversial point in the game and they're beginning to struggle, they cannot dig themselves out of it. You know, like some people out of it. They can't. Yeah. They're a team that is when it's going good, it's going great. Like for instance, Minnesota, the Indianapolis Colts. When it's going yeah. good,
1: it's going well. Good. But well, when man, it's going, I will, I will debate Minnesota uh, and the the Colts game. The first three games of that, it was very three still Yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, but that but that fourth quarter, whatever happened, whatever kelly Moore did, it clicked. Yeah, but and, and, yeah. yeah.
2: That's a game that encapsulates the point perfectly. That yeah. when it's going bad and they they met with controversy, they can struggle. But yeah. the second that they they, they 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 struggle to dig themselves out. But if they do and they get themselves ahead, that's it. It's game over. There's yeah. no team that will catch them up. And that game, perfectly, because once once you get a couple of things go your way, a couple of fumbles and interception, and you score or there's a good special teams play and they're going downfield and they're scoring points, what happens is that then rolls into itself. And the, the Cowboys, that team gains confidence and the momentum doesn't just shift. I mean, it rolls over fast. And then yeah. one touchdown turns into two, turns into three. And before you know it, the game's gone. That is what they're good at. But if they, they, it's this close, it, like, Texans is another good example of that that They met with controversy and they struggled, they cannot dig themselves out of it. Inconsistency, I, devo- I agree with Paul, but I think
0: it's inconsistency brought from controversy. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Totally yeah. agree, mate. And um, like Paul, do you wanna do do you wanna have that chat now about the the point you raised earlier?
1: Yeah, so uh, you're talking about it in terms of under Kellen and yep. the previous right. So under um Scott Lennon Han. And this is now kind of going back now, the days where we wanted Scott Linehan to go out. And Dak's actually been more consistent under Scott Linehan than he has Mm -hmm. under Kellen Moore. And and that's a fact. And that comes with even with touchdown ratio, interceptions, passing Mm -hmm. yards. There's a more consistent basis where it comes to when Dak Prescott was under Scott Linehan. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't pretty to watch it sometimes, but it was yeah. consistent. <laughs> but when you look at 2021, which was probably Dak's best season statistically, with over 4,700 plus yards, 31 yep. touchdowns, and only eight interceptions back last season. To go back to this season, it's a completely different story. Obviously, the steam's probably changed a little bit. The playbook's different, etc. Yeah. All those refactors come into play. There's no been a level of consistency when it comes to the coaching side, and it seems to be whack, uh, bringing in something new and extra dynamic. And it seems to be it just does not suit the the, the profile that is for that And yeah. I think that, and I think that's the problem. I don't think me personally, and this is my honest opinion, I don't think the the chemistry with our offensive coordinator and that presto always bind together yeah, very much. So whereas, um, and under like under Scott Lenihan it did, but yeah. th- there was times where like when we comes to the running, it was more predictable. And that was the problem with, with, with yeah. Linehan. He, here's kind of a question I have
0: because obviously. Kellen Moore played a lot under Scott Lenehan or was under Scott Lenehan's tutelage for, for, for the vast majority of his NFL career yep. and then obviously built on that. Is it time for a fresh offensive voice? Because we we've rolled through, say, offensive line coaches. We've had Mark Colombo, Joe Philbin has been there. Paul Alexander was there. We've had changes along the O-line, but we haven't had a change or a dramatic change in our offensive play calling because Mike McCarthy still doesn't seem to have taken over that play
1: calling role. And it is time for something fresh. Hear me out on this one, right? Yeah. Um, Kellen Moore was pretty much kept there by Jerry's say-so. All right. If Mike McCarthy had his own way of choosing everybody in his team and his yeah. coaching staff, who would you say who would have been his offensive coordinator, because I know who it is. Go on. It would have been Joe Philbin.
3: Because
1: uh-huh. Joe Philbin was the OC for Green Bay. He's one yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. And that was one thing when it came to Mike McCarthy back at Green Bay. They had that consistency at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Like what we lacked was their front office was not providing Aaron Rodgers the weapons that he needed to keep them going to the next level.
0: Yeah. So anything else on the news and updates that you gents want to talk about before
1: we actually start talking about the game itself? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe too early to say, but do we, do we have any expectations of who will likely go away? From the cowboys or we're not only likely... free agents yeah
0: i think the first name i'm talking off straight away is dalton schultz
1: yeah i totally agree unfortunately
0: i think he finished season strong we, I,
1: I, I think he will get a better offer elsewhere to be honest and yeah if we, if we were to get a new offensive coordinator it might not work out for him if he was to stay
2: I, I, he, he is the thing as well is schultz is going to be moving on i think without a doubt Cost and mm-hmm. everything as well yeah you don't you don't want to place the franchise tag on him two years on a row no. <laughs> either um so that's that then but you feel confident enough i would say from what you've seen from ferguson and hendershot
1: to move on absolutely and and i'm and i'm loving jake ferguson right now i think mm-hmm. The way how Ferguson has kind of brought himself to the team, he has become, like, he has a good passing, uh, like blocking tight end as well, as well Mm -hmm. as a very, he's a very versatile tight end. He can be when utilised in the correct situation, I think. So I think Mm -hmm. um, Ferguson will probably be the short-term solution going forward for a couple of years um, for the tight end role until if we were to bring someone else better, stronger, faster, whatever into the fold but I think Ferguson will be the guy for that position for the next two or three years I think
2: I don't All Ferguson was really missing
1: when you looked at it all opportunity
2: at the time with that and he just needed to get in the gym. He needed to put some weight yeah. on and put some strength on. He, uh,
1: yeah, but don't, bear in mind, he has a rookie. Don't forget, Don Schultz was very undersized as a rookie. Don't forget, even Jason Witten was very really undersized yep. as a rookie. It's one of it's one of those positions it just takes time to build that extra muscle. I reckon as well.
2: Tight end, uh, definitely. Fru- yeah,
1: one hundred percent.
2: The yeah. the fruition time on tight end, I would say, is longer than any other position. There's no other position that takes Ooh. that fruition period longer than because of like how many different skill sets they've got to
1: take the four
2: at that position.
1: Take the two best, take take the two best tight ends in the league right now. You you were just about to say that, weren't you, Brian? No, I'm oh. not. I, oh, I'm
0: I, sorry. I, I, I'm just going to kind of I'll, I'll I'll feed into your point. Right. right, take, okay. take, right so take, take a look. Who was the draft? poster child for 2021 who everybody wanted yeah. Pitts. <laughs> where is he now yeah he, he,
1: but you know yeah, poor exactly. system maybe but you, you know one ahead exactly. was your point <laughs> yes so when you look at the two best tight ends in the in the league right now which is obviously travis kelsey and george Kittle, all oh. right oh, yeah. their early part of their careers they were just basically like they didn't have the same size the same strength compared to after there was I, something there you could see the, 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 that there was, the was a base, baseline exactly yeah. there was the, the yeah. baseline is there that like because we saw Travis Kelsey playing with the uh, Chiefs back in 2015 mm. so that's that's 8 years ago and yeah. we saw glimpses of him but, but since he had a bit, uh, the more like had Mahomes coming in we saw the best of Travis Kelsey coming in but with George Kittle he's pretty much made that position himself mm. like He's built up his physicality. He's built up his game. Like, no one was talking about Josh Kittle in his rookie season. He was the backup. Yeah. As well. So, again, I think that's another thing people need to consider as well. So, like tight ends are, probably, like you said there, Mike, it's, it's an ongoing development position. Yeah so just before we
0: do flip it into into uh, the offensive side of the game joseph i know i can see you have a couple of comments in about the draft so just to let everyone know from next week we will be starting to delve deeper into the draft process itself we will be returning with project prospect we will be returning with draft shows so we're not gonna we're, we're gonna try and avoid that tonight because that is the plan for the off season is to is to go through that kind of stuff, um. So we'll we'll pass on that this evening. So look, let's flip it over and let's talk. Um, I'm just going to pull up the banners here. Look, I think the point everyone wants to talk about is Dak and Mike. You made the point earlier. That had a better game than Brock Purdy.
1: Despite you know, the interceptions. Despite
0: the interceptions.
2: He was, a, he, you know, you look at that Anita in Tampa. He also started to use his legs. So yeah. there's the rushing capability. Sure. Purdy can do that too. He's got wheels on him. And I mentioned it in the pregame show. Now, the best way to describe Brock Purdy in what he does is everything from it, all all of his traits are average nothing's elite where yeah. you can say there are a lot of things that does above average yeah and i know look yes he did have a better game but i'm not saying that had a good game
1: yeah yeah like because that was, i think that was the first time brock Purdy was actually getting any ounce of pressure like i know we'll talk about the defense a bit mm. in a short while but when you look at offensive as well, um, the frustrating part is, I think. Well, how many sacks did get um, got put on Dak? Was it just the one? One, two, one two. sack, and and I think there was not even. The, and we didn't really hear much about the best defensive end, Net Bosa. Yeah. But throughout the whole game, we didn't really hear much about him. Tyler Smith, I thought, despite the the holding penalties. I thought, he played a, I thought he played a very solid game um i i i think and when you look at it in terms of the plays that should have happened again i think it's more of the, the the communication side between the players yeah. and yeah. the play and the play calling again yeah. is, is that seems to be our biggest achilles here right now and i don't yeah. know what you i don't know yeah. what you guys think i i,
2: I yeah. wouldn't say that i the biggest um so first of all, let's start with Pollard left the game injured. Once that went, that was a big part mm-hmm. of the yeah. entire game plan. The offensive game plan hinged a lot on what they were gonna do with Pollard and how they're gonna move him about. Once he mm-hmm. went out the game. Because if you notice, again, this goes back to my statement of controversy that when Pollard was on the field, yeah, okay, the first couple of drives were a bit iffy. But you look, Cowboys march down, field score, the touchdown, Dalton Schultz gets in. All of a sudden, Pollard gets injured, and then what followed? The next drive, you know, it's it's all going wrong. The next thing that happens, Dak throws an interception. Yeah, yeah. And all these start to spiral out of control. Bait, uh, off from that. As soon as that went, as soon as that happened, things all started to go out of control. The issue yeah. for the Cowboys is that it's the skill position. The skill positions did not help Dak very much at all. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I'm not going to sit here and apologize for Dak because Dak had a bad game. Yeah. But what didn't help was his skill position plays, and really, outside Mm of Tony Pollard and CD Lamb, there was nothing.
1: Yeah.
2: And you lost one of those pieces when he went out injured.
1: Yeah. Well, Schultz was there. Schultz was there, but it, but. But I, but I agree what you're saying, though, mate. I do agree what you're saying. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like even there was some plays from Ti Hilton, but I just kind of feel like I don't know. It was it was very frustrating to watch. Yeah. It, it, like, that's, that's all I can say, really. Yeah. Like overall, it's been frustrating. Like because we know, and even the, everyone here in the comments, we know the potential of what our offense are capable of doing and again it just seems to be whatever game they they just turn mm. up and they play a blinder i.e the yeah. vikings like you mentioned before mike i.e the bucks two great mm. games two games are yeah. great play calling absolute flawless and again when you look at like of so the texans the jags game and obviously this game um against the 49ers we've just kind of been big question marks unsure mm. how to ourselves out of a hole when it's unnecessarily how we got there in the first place yeah like i i
0: I want to ask a question here and i haven't given you guys any time to prep this question so you know oh here we go (laughs) it'll be a good one right when i was doing up the stats right i was putting down as i always do what what dak did what he did with his legs, what Zeke did, what Zeke caught, what Tony did, what Tony caught. When I got to Michael Mm Gallup, three targets, zero receptions, responsible for the first interception of the game. And I'm looking back and going, did we screw the pooch last summer and allow Mary to walk and re-sign Gallup? Because Gallup, I know he got it injured. And hopefully he comes back a better wide receiver next year. But did we screw the pooch and letting Cooper go and not let and keep him gallop? I think we did
1: personally. I think I, did, I, I, I still I still, I, I still think letting Cooper go was probably a, a bad idea. I can I understand the business decision behind it. Mm. Don't get me wrong, we still made the playoffs mm. without him, but yeah. I think with like so having Cooper still there in the team, would they still giving us a much, much better chance and better options to throw passes more empty spaces with Cooper and that team, 100%. And,
2: and I'm with you, Paul. But Amari Cooper, like you think throughout the entire season, and I find myself doing it throughout the entire season, and this game is another good example, where you think the skill positions were lacking. Like you say with Michael Gab. I was expecting not a big game for michael gallup mind i was mm-hmm. expecting a lot of clearing routes from him yeah. um, but he was given opportunities where he didn't produce but you think throughout the season games where imagine if you had a um an effective route runner that can push you know that you can push defenders downfield you can get into seam routes, you can pull on crosses and um, on deep nine routes, on all these moves. And you think, you had that guy. Yeah. A lot of the problems that were in this offense would be fixed. They, that's brilliant. There we are. We're, we're sorted. And you're like, we literally had that guy. And we gave him away. The only thing I will say that balances that whole Amari Cooper thing over is you think that they they moved him on and they moved the money and everything on. And with that money, they brought in all these other guys. So mm-hmm. basically, Amari, you, you've got Amari Cooper, and with that money, you go out and you get the likes of Dante Fowler, who was effective, Jonathan Hankins, who you're more than likely going to keep. Like with all this money, you brought in yeah. all these other guys that helped you down the line. And so that yeah. there, there's your balance. So the scales yeah. are literally equal based on that. Um yeah. But in terms of on offense, and like, say, for instance, in like, like, you think you wonder, would we have made the playoffs with Amari Cooper? Or oh, show of a doubt, I think. Possibly, yeah, you know, because yeah. of how effective your offense would be be that high powered offense it was the year before. Yeah. But would the defense be as good as it did? Because it literally spent a lot of money of, 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 of his, that mm-hmm. money it made up on yeah. that money they saved from Amari.
1: Yeah. Just what just, just what just want to say thanks Elizabeth for the comments. We are absolutely loving them. Yeah. Keep them coming in. Yeah, and,
2: and Noah Brown is another one. But Noah yeah. Brown as well is you, you think like you had that really hot start of the season. Um and he's this he's this big, bulky guy, big target, big wingspan, um physical. You just wonder, like ooh, you're back to that question with him again, where you're just like, is he just a special teams guy? Yeah. You know, yeah, but I, I find I'm asking, I'm asking, hmm. like, you know, before they got rid of Amari Cooper last year, and like, yeah. you know, the, the Cowboys lose to the 49ers last year in the playoffs. And you're sitting and you're you're saying to yourself about all these questions, like, offensive line tight end what's going to happen Mm -hmm. there and you're going for all these questions running back what's going to go on with running back they're the same questions we're asking this year yeah (laughs) Yeah. nothing's changed in the season (laughs) they're the same questions you've got obviously different scenarios but they still circle back to the same questions on this roster you go back to and you're like yeah
1: (laughs) Well, let me throw this question at you in regards to like, so how Dak is and stuff like that. Let's use, let's use this example as Russell Wilson with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Everyone was expecting Russell Wilson to win a Super Bowl for Denver this year. The way how things were going, or get into the playoffs at least. Not the case. Like The reason mm-hmm. I'm saying that, and it kind of goes back again, Communication with his players, offensive scheme, etc. It all adds up, Mm. and and we saw that it's pretty evident. You can be like, if I don't know, I'm just I'm just thinking. For example, like if you were to take Tom Brady to a system like Baltimore has, I I don't think (laughs) it would work at all.
2: Definitely wouldn't. It would not work.
1: So, and this is where I'm kind of getting that it's like. And this is, I think, this is what our problem is. It's like, and when it comes to that press store we're saying, Yeah, we can get rid of that because of the contract, etc. But let me ask you this question: who would you bring in instead? Mm.
2: Well, that is the question.
1: Yeah. No, there's literally no one I don't think would actually come in and actually fit into what Kellen Moore is trying to do with his team and actually be that Mm. successful in that way, yeah. like it might work in college football, but not here in the pros for sure. Yeah. So
0: the, flips, the flip side of my question, right, about Cooper and Gallup, obviously Cooper is gone. And the amount of games in recent weeks, I've typed up CD lamb, 10 receptions, 117 yards, or similar. Mm. I mean, you know, we do have a new wide receiver one. Oh, yeah. And, it's uh, it's
3: uh, been and, proven uh, in the last
0: yeah, ten
1: uh, And and we had our doubts about that.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I'd be the first to say it. I wasn't sure. I wasn't yeah. sure. I, I, I think we all were. I think we all were yep. we still we still felt and we still feel at the start of the season um it's ever make it or break it. Yeah. For CD, yeah. well, and he's and he and he's he's proved us all wrong this year. Yeah,
0: um, but,
1: but
2: like the thing is, um, you think about. Yeah, I was going to say, think about it. He did when it started off as well. And you know, with, when Cooper Rush came in to have to take the, the you know the starting quarterback role, even then you were just like, Ooh, "Come on, CD, well, we need to see more." And CD even said well, himself, "Yeah, I need to do more." But yeah. and, you,
1: and 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 fairness though, mate. There's where Noah Brown comes into that equation because yeah.
2: he was sucking up. He was well, up
1: a well, 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 Cooper, well, Cooper Rush and Noah Brown had a better chemistry because they were yeah. more having reps together rather than Lamb and Rush. So there was that, there's that chemistry there. So mm-hmm. that's why we weren't seeing Lamb as much in those particular games. But when you take like when you really do think about when that came back and Lamb was back in the fold, pretty much. You're talking about eleven games, Mm. and he still managed to still manages to pull out all those yards in pretty much in eleven games. That, like in hindsight, as overall collectively, that is a fantastic turnaround for CD Lamb. So,
2: yeah, I mean, like you said, right? We 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 were just talking about at the start of the show um, uh, about the Buffalo situation. Yeah, saying like Stefan Diggs is an amazing wide receiver. We all agree, Absolutely. Okay, well, he was fifth in receiving yards this year. Do you know who was sixth? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Do you know who was third most in the NFL on receiving touchdowns?
0: CD Lamb.
2: CD Lamb. Yeah, that is a solid season, whether you like it or not, whether you agree that. And by the way, um, second most was Stefan Diggs. (laughs) So, literally, Stevie <laughs> Lamb is is tailing Stefan Diggs. Yeah. So, like, you know, you can say, you know, you could be like, eh, I don't know. And he's just like, here it is. He is a wide receiver one. He's above Jalen Waddle. He's above all these amazing wide yeah. receivers. Sat right there is 88 Dallas
0: Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. So, another question, and, and this is something that Elizabeth sent in here when we were talking about Michael Gallup and the three targets no catches, it's always C D and Schultz that the ball has been thrown to. I just had a look at the stats. So Dak had twenty three pass or twenty three completed passes of thirty seven. Yeah. Twenty three of those targets were to C D Lam or to Dalton Schultz. Now they caught fifteen of those. So. Is, is it fair to say that he's targeting them more or is he targeting them more because he knows they're going to catch the damn ball? Which I think, they seem to do.
1: I wouldn't say it's so much targeting. It's like every play has your primarily wide receiver. Like you yep. always, like, there's always, every play is designed for a particular player that's going to get the ball. And yep. it's and, and again, and I feel like I'm bashing Kellen on this right now, but it seems like Kellen's forcing the issue it's like, just go back to our number one guy, go back to our number one tight end. We're not creating more opportunity. Like, was, when you compare it to last last season, we were distributing the ball a lot more all across the wide receivers. Like, Gallup had it. What, what was it? Gallup had a thousand yard season. Lamb had a thousand yard season last year. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think you're actually right. And and and, and Cooper was just short sure of a thousand-yard. Yeah, we almost had... We almost I, had
0: oh. I think it might have been 2020 was that Gallup had his thousand-yard season and then 21, CD had a thousand and Gallup and... I'll, I'll double-check double,
1: double, I'll, I'll, I'll double that Yeah, sure. But,
0: like... I mean, if a guy is catching a ball, why would you move away from that?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, you. you know, so, y- here's one thing I will say that that, that favors Michael Gallup in, yeah. in everything that's happened this season with him is that he's had the ACL injury, and any play. So you can recover from an ACL injury nowadays in yeah. less than a year. You know, they're, yeah. they're doing it quickly, but it doesn't mean to say just because you've recovered your football recover. Yeah. Like, all players will tell you that an ACL injury like, for these guys, NFL players will tell you, like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, that first year back is a struggle. So you might get a different Michael Gowt next year and obviously mm-hmm. these players, Dak and Schultz, Blam, they know this situation too. They're going to be talking to Michael Gowt so they understand the situation along with Kellen Moore as well. And a lot of the way they were using Michael Gallup this year. You could see that. Michael Gallup will say things like, you know, yeah, I need to be involved a lot more, et cetera, et cetera. But they were using him a lot on clearing rights, which tells you a lot. Which tells you yeah. a lot of two things, really. a lot, mostly of two things. But um it's it's an added they did they did use them both a lot. Yeah, going back to that point. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. I'm waffling. Right. So, want... so, so just a bit of some in, in comparison. So Lamb this season has been targeted 156 targets this year. Yeah. Right. Last year, and obviously he's got 1,359 yards. That's just regular season, right? Yeah. When you look back to last year, um, let me get that back up. Um. Last year, Lamb was 120,
0: mm.
1: uh, and Amari Cooper was 104. He, he was 865 yards, Amari Cooper. Mm. But Dalton Schultz was 104 targets as well. Mm. Then after that, it was um, Cedric Wilson, 61, yeah. 61. Michael Gallup was 62 because he only played nine games. So mm-hmm. there was a more even spread of dishing the ball out to different players. Whereas yeah. this, whereas this season is has has definitely been the the Schultz and Lamb show, pretty much yeah. sprinkled um, in
2: with a bit of Tony Pollard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: um, I just don't know, I don't know what else to really kind of say about it. To be honest, um, yeah. it's, but that it, that
2: proves that proves a point we were saying earlier, Paul, about we you know a lot of people blaming that. But you do have to blame the skill positions for a lot of things too. Yeah. and there's your example.
1: example. Well, if they're not getting the targets though, that's down to the OC. That's down to play calling. If they're not, if they're not, after the the OC is the one that dictates. Because every play has their primary target. Yeah. Like, like, yeah.
2: And you'll have your your progressions that the quarterback will go through.
1: like, if your first read is completely turned, uh, is not there, then obviously you'll have your second target, and now mm-hmm. that one, like, it always falls back. But yeah. the and way... impressions
2: is touchdown first and check-down.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whenever, when Dak's in the pocket, he's making his first read, if he doesn't see it, then he'll change oh, the next guy. Next yeah. guy, it could be on the left-hand side or the right-hand side, depending where the primary is. And we know is, Dak but, can do that. Yeah, yeah. we know that. So yeah. uh, it seems. It seems like, on a way it, itself, Dak is relying too much on the primary target and trying to stick to what Carolina's trying to produce. It yeah. could be. It could be many things, but mm. uh it's. But when, when you think when you think that we've seen Dak do it in in
2: other seasons, he's distributing the ball, and we're seeing targets mm. being spread amongst an offense in previous. Then this year, suddenly, it's not. I wouldn't say much has changed in Dak, and much has changed in the play calling. Something else has changed, yeah. and that something else has to be what the player is doing. Like we know Dak is not going to throw the ball on those tight winners. He likes your players to be open to throw to. So if it's yeah. not there, he's just going to continue to stick with what you know, with, you know, with what he feels most comfortable with. So if you're other wide receivers, i.e., Michael Gallup, um, you know, okay, T. Y. Hilton, we we'll put in him, Noah Brown. Don't forget, we had other players in
1: there, Dennis Houston and
2: James Washington. All these guys, you know, if they're mm-hmm. not doing it, then that distribution is going to be.
1: That's a great point, mate. Because uh, we had a lot. Like Dennis Houston was a guy who was showing up during preseason with a lot of promise in training camp, and he just never seemed to excel and ended up getting released. And I think
2: he had like one reception for fifteen yards.
1: Yep, and that's it. And James Washington never really got to see the field. No,
0: yeah. I mean, we tried with other guys, it
2: just didn't work. Yeah.
1: So,
0: question I want to ask Bothy, because it is kind of coming in and it's coming in hot in the comments. Um and again, it, it, it feeds back into dark and it kind of is a draft-related question, you know, like. Joseph has said here Bailey Zappi was drafted in the fourth round, um, and he was Andy had a comment in. We haven't drafted a quarterback in the first round since the eighties. Joe was saying, "I'd like a draft a quarterback maybe in the third and let him sit for two years and learn from that. Is is that realistic for you guys? Because. The the other comment that I'm seeing coming in, and I agree with this one, is um sorry, I'm just trying to see it. It's from Joseph. He's saying we can't draft all defence or offense this year. We need it on both sides of the ball. Yeah and for me, we far too many needs to draft a quarterback this year when we know Dak is going to be there. Yeah. I mean Agreed. I've always I've always got no problem in every draft, right? No mm-hmm. matter
2: what. Doesn't matter even what how your, your draft sequence is going, but if you're going to go with a six-round pick and pick up a quarterback in the hope to find something, when you've got your callback, no problem in that. Develop something behind with what you've got every year. If you want to do that every year, no worries. This year, most definitely, especially when you think that there could be some very vital pieces in positions that are looking to be shallow if things don't go their way in free agency. Mm-hmm. You go; the choice has been made for you. Yeah, there's no way you can go out and spend that on a on a
1: quarterback. I mean, to, to, to Jordan Love for Green Bay right now, he's still sitting on the bench. For
0: three years, barely that, seen the field. That was the
2: the coach's middle finger to Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, being so um,
2: bullied by him.
0: Yeah, and I I just saw something that uh, apparently Mr. Rodgers has said. He would uh, cancel his contract today or he would consider moving. Yeah, yeah. He's if, it saying help, if it would help the Packers, I mean, does that sound like someone wants to move to uh, be with his best buddy again?
2: <laughs> hmm. I wouldn't take much stock in that, but <laughs> no. I would say that he's looking to get out. He's had enough there, he's yeah. had enough of what he's seen.
1: I can see Rogers probably potentially may go to actual Las Vegas. That's where I meant.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I don't know where he would go, but I don't. I just think he's he. He sounded it in the season like he just had enough. He was giving up on Green Bay yeah. a lot, yeah. a lot of time. You could just see it in his demeanor and everything. Just like he checked out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Anything else you gents want to cover on the offensive side of the ball from from the game? The only thing I wanted to add. Oh, go on, go on, Paul.
1: Go I was. I'm going to say retrospectively. Um, I, I, if for me being an offensive lineman guy and a defensive lineman, like mm-hmm. having played played those positions, I'm very very happy of how our o line, despite yeah. the lineup the lineup changes and that and i need to give joe philbin his credit is due mm. who, 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 who may well i think he, if if anything he, he could be our next oc if kellen does go because that's who his contractor Who know well, i don't see i don't see many people who, are, who might want to resign him but yeah true, um, true. but i think the point is is joe Philbin deserves a lot of credit for this season alone mm. Yeah. like he really he really has um brought one of the most keywords for the o-line was the continuity back yeah. within the o-line yeah. for, the, for the majority of the whole regular season yeah like don't, don't get me around that there was some things where mm, but um, um,
0: it's
1: an, it's, an it's, a, it's a it's a gradual improvement year by year like um,
0: yeah to give to give him his credit, Paul, he has dealt well in a season of flux with Ty- Tyron Smith going out before the season. So many injuries. Well let's go. Well let's go red shirted. Do you know? Like yeah. it hasn't been a, it's been a hard season for him. I think he's probably been the most affected by injuries. I f- yeah, I agree. Yeah. It hasn't been elite, but it hasn't been miserable either.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Mike, you 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 had another point there before we we flip it over.
2: Yes, uh, the only one I was going to say is that um it was this was Tony Pollard's breakout year. 1500 yards on offense total, uh yeah. 12 touchdowns and he had a high of 90.3 uh which if you like that sort of thing um uh offensive pff grade second Mm. in yards after contact
1: that's great that's yeah yeah that's uh yeah, definitely pro bowl um stats there for sure
3: yeah
2: and i think he's he was uh he had five receiving touchdowns which is third most among running backs Mm.
3: yeah why
0: yeah so, just Mike, I'm just going to throw this one to you. Elizabeth has a question just on Malik Davis. Was he injured and that's why he wasn't used?
3: I'm
1: not sure. Yeah. Nobody said thought, anything. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I would have I expected to see more Malik Davis in that game, but again, yeah. it's up to the positional coaches to put the guys in who they want in for those uh, for plays. And, and we just seem to kind of. I don't know if I, like, since Paula went down, we were in panic, and we just stuck to Zeke for the what whole game. What we felt
2: most confident about.
1: It. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. We, like, I don't know if the, I wouldn't say I, there was a trust issue or anything like that. But if you want that... to put the
2: game in Malik's hands when you've got Zeke
1: waiting in the way. Right? I, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then what difference is that between that and Malik, da- Malik Davis and Tony Parlog? Because... When you look at that, like Tony Palo had always been redeemed as a backup running back for the previous yeah. seasons. Yeah,
2: but he's proven to through the season.
1: I know, but we're not given the opportunity to Malik Davis. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, but no, that's a great question, Elizabeth. Really, yeah. that's a really great question. Um, personally, I would like to see more of Malik Davis. I would have liked yeah. to see a lot more because whenever he did come onto the field, in the certain games that we did bring him in, he was explosive. He yeah. had a, he had that power. He had a nice bit of power within his running. He was putting like whenever cornerbacks and linebackers would try to tackle him, he would put them down on the put them on the grass or on the or on the which uh, oh, artificial grass, whatever. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and <laughs> I just saw Joseph Corman. Yes, I think Elizabeth should be a coach as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So look, I just whilst whilst I was about to flip it over, there was one final point I did want to bring up um on the offensive side. Look, we just seven penalties for 50 yards. Did penalties well, affect
1: us? It's not the I wouldn't say it's not the worst. I will say it did slow any momentum we did have. Yeah. But it wasn't as bad as other games we've had in the past.
2: Well, put it this way, the offensive line, which was the trouble last year against San Francisco in the playoff, played far more exceptionally
0: this time around.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%, mate. I totally agree with you.
0: They weren't a the problem. So, on that bright note, let's flip it over and let's yeah, Otherwise, we'll never get Mike was still talking away.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. Look, let's let let's have a little talk about this for a few minutes. Is this potentially the last game that Dan Quinn is
1: the defensive coordinator for this team? Potentially, Potent. and, 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 it's very likely now. After hearing the the news breaking out that he's going yeah. for a second interview, when you hear second interviews, that's when you know it's it's. I would say it's more than likely he's moving on. So mm-hmm. whether, whether that's going to be the Cardinals, the Colts, or the Texans, or I can't remember who the other team was, but um, yeah, I think it's uh, it could be the last game for Dan Quinn. If it is, then he's been an absolute game changer for Dallas. Absolute game changer. Yeah. And we wish him nothing but the best. He's, yeah. he's he, in a way he's became, Dallas Cowboys royalty in our eyes right now.
0: Yeah. So Ag Daddy Danny has been sensational in his two seasons with with Dallas. He's had a few downs, but generally, you you can't but say he's and, had he's had a great season.
1: Yeah, and ju- and just to uh, add, a uh, Andy just made a comment there about Dan Quinn, and we were talking about like the salary cap earlier. Because that's the same. There is no salary cap on coaches. So if I was if I was Jerry, I would do whatever it takes to keep him. Yeah. Jerry. Jerry will try.
2: Sometimes though, no amount of money can stop you taking that.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, I think taking the head chair. Yeah. there's, There's been coaches out there and in previous years, they would, they would take a lesser salary, but they want to have that more responsibility to get their name more out there to say, I did this, I did that. But Dan Quinn has did this and done that with the Dallas defense. Yeah. Right? and. You, you got a,
2: he, well, he's been head coach before, so he's got a taste for it. He's got yeah. a taste for it, yeah.
1: yeah. And, um, go on, so, No, 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 sorry, Brian. Sorry.
0: I was going to say, the, the, the question I have, has has Dan Quinn rebuilt his reputation enough at this point to get that head coaching job? Because obviously he built his name on the Legion of Boom in, in Seattle. Seattle. Got the Atlanta Falcons to a Super Bowl and then it collapsed mm. when Kyle Shannon went to the 49ers. Yeah. He's made this Cowboys defense a top I'll say top five, but could be higher than that. I don't know what you guys would think. So has 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 he done enough to get a head coach? job? Yeah. Easily,
1: easily. Like Dan Quinn's definite definitely, even not even just this year, but even last year alone as well. Like for what he what he's done with yeah. Micah Parsons, what he's done with Trevon Diggs, mm. what like, and we we saw him how engaging of a coach he is with players. Yeah, like he's willing to. Get on the field and work with them. You don't yeah. really, you don't often see that now. You don't see that. You don't, you don't see coaches actually get in amongst and try and work on the technique or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's so rare to see. And mm-hmm. when you've got a head coach like that, like a, a potential head coach is willing to do that as well, then. It's going to get other franchises out there. So this is the type of guy we want. We want guy. We want yeah. a head coach who's willing to get in there in the thick of it and actually coach players. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just to like piggyback off what what you're saying, there, Paul. Is the big one for like head coaches is I have a look at how much you mar- how well you manage, not even to call games or, or coordinate a deep in dankins a defense. It's how you got those players to buy into your ideas, into your concept, and how much do they respect you? If they do, that's it. That's game sold. Doesn't matter what the result on the field is. It, is if you manage to do that, then you know you are head
1: coach material. Yeah, I mean, for the yeah, what? How many seasons have we had that Quinn now? Two seasons. Look at the turnaround. We were one of the laughingstock defences in 2020 under Mike Nolan, a guy that, that didn't really engage with the players. He c- did respect game. him either. Didn't respect him at all. He'd, he really complicated playbooks, getting defensive linemen in different types of stances from three-point stance to two-point stance and shifting them off to a, a 9 tech which is so far out.
2: Yeah, yeah wide wide out, yeah.
1: yeah. Really wide out. Rather so than time, yeah. rather being at maximum, should have been a seven, you know. Um, yeah, Dan Quinn is definitely like like I said, like I would love him to stay be our defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's up to uh, Dan Quinn, obviously, if he wants to go back to head coaching, then we just we gotta respect that. But, yeah. but, but, but make no mistake, Jerry will try his best. To try, Jerry and Stephen will try their best to try and keep him. No, yeah. no, I'm just
0: just want to just want to pull up a comment here from Joseph. It's a, it's an interesting little one. So, he's saying we've a top 5 defense, a top 5 offense, and we're sitting at home. And I think that it's it's a great point. Mm. He's just also said we're the NFC version of the Buffalo Bills. We've won five Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I I think that's a fair assessment in terms of our ability. Yeah, top five in both, but we're sitting at home. But like, let's be honest, there's four teams who are playing this weekend, you know. So maybe they're slightly better at one than the other.
1: I think it's any given. I think again it's any given Sunday.
0: Yeah.
1: Again, it's we're our own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. I think if like if you were to say the Dash Cowboys on their best day. With all the players stepping up, like the games, like the Vikings, the Mm. games like against the Bucks, we could beat anyone. Fact. Like even with the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, I still think we would have beaten them. Oh, one hundred percent. Right, I still think that would be the case. The problem is, it's like we just didn't show up when it on games that like with lesser significance or we just couldn't get ourselves out of a situation and we just dug ourselves a bigger hole so um yeah i, I, I re- i'm kind of running out of things to kind of re- I'm <laughs> still, I'm, 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 i kind of feel like i'm kind of slowly repeating myself like well and-
2: like let, let me help you out right okay let's go yeah right you say that cowboys offense was one of the most productive in the nfl nearly. First in points per game on offense, defense was first in sacks, first in total pressures. Bear in mind the Cowboys won thirteen games this season. You can argue as much as you want about Dak and all the rest of it in this offense. Yeah. They still won. Th- you, you you you're you're disputing one game on yeah. an entire se- season of success. They yeah. this defense had to pull together for four mm-hmm. games without Dak, and they did. Yeah. The Cooper Rush helped you get the, – the depth of this team showed you when Dak was lost and Cooper Rush had yeah. come in. Yeah. We lost, at the same time, J-1 Kurz. So the defense yeah. was diminished. We were struggling with wide receiver because we got rid of some, so we didn't know what was going on. We lost um, players on the offensive line. Yet, despite all of those things, despite that, we were dropping 50 and 40 burgers on teams which in the NFL is a crazy fact on its own. We made it to the playoffs. We beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. (laughs) Just There was this one final hump that we had to get over, and it fell apart. And the the Cowboys fans are disputing or, or forgetting about all of those things over one thing.
1: Yeah. I just wear, I just want to bring up Joseph's comment in regards to mm-hmm. like so, Buffalo was the top in defense and offense yeah. also this year. I will say this, and I think I mentioned this before we went on air, is that um, when you compare Dak's last eleven games to Josh uh, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Dax got better stats than Josh Allen. The, yeah. the only yeah. di- the only difference yeah. is the only is Dax got two more interceptions. Yeah. And, f- and I believe it's three more touchdowns, yeah, than Josh Allen. But again, I think this is me being playing Devil's ad- advocate here. No, I think that, no, no. I, I'm not. Well, I'm not Devil's advocate. Yeah. But I, I think it, this is really just down to the fact it's us It's the Dallas covers. Yeah. We are the media machine. Hmm. in comes in the NFL. It's like if anyone was going to talk about any team, the first team it always pops up. If it's a win or a loss, it's always going to be Dallas. No one talks about the Cleveland versus Texans game or Colts versus, I don't know, Ravens game or something like that. No one talks. It's always about Dallas. Right? Yeah. And regardless, because our team always makes headlines and that puts a narrative on fans' perspective of putting like such a high barrier every yeah. single time. So if we were any other team, we would not be having this discussion right now.
0: Yeah. And I just j- just wanna 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 add a, a wee bit of something to that, Paul. If you look at it right, as good as the Buffalo Bills have been for the last couple of years, I'm not saying they're not good, they've lost to the Cincinnati Bengals for the last last two years. Same thing has happened to us. We've lost to the 49ers for the last two years. Yeah. So it's not as if we're losing to the Cleveland Browns or the Chicago Bears in the playoffs. We're losing to teams who are as well, and in often cases, better coached than us. But yeah, yeah, true. You know, so...
2: I would say the 49ers are better coached. Yeah. And offensively, they have more weapons.
0: Yeah. Ignoring quarterback, obviously. Yeah. And... Andy has just corrected me. The Bills lost to the Chiefs last year. Thanks, Andy. I have no problem
1: with it, mm. I'm wrong on that. Well, thank you, Andy. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, just that also, we beat not not just that. Like, and this comes comes to show that every year is purely different. We beat both Super Bowl contenders last year. Mm. We both beat the Rams, and we both beat the uh, the Bengals this this season. Yeah. Two games that no one expected us to win at all no one did. Yeah. go on um like but when you really do kind of break it down like cincinnati they had like a broken old line they still do but they're still winning like they managed to recuperate and managed to fix it internally by the coaching by yeah. the st- by the rotation of the players getting the players together getting them together and being more consistent. So well, that's what Joe, they've done. Joe
2: Burrow saves you a lot. Of it.
1: Yes, yeah. yes and no. It's it's not all on just Joe, Joe no, Burrow. No, no I'm we're, not
2: saying this all but he, he
1: helps you through a lot of it. Oh absolutely there's no question about that. Joe Burrow is definitely one of the pinnacle points for the Bengals but when you've got players like some, a like Jamar Chase etc but when you've got the players in their defense as well, they're balling out, and mind we were talking about like so their defensive players and stuff like that. They had no effect when it comes to when they played against us, but they were like the main guys last year. So yeah. it's I think my main point is is like yeah. anything can anything can happen. It's the play Literally. It's play the
2: playoffs. Playoffs, so there's no second chance.
0: Here. Yeah. So Here's here's a question for you both, and I know we're supposed to be talking defence, but obviously, look, we, we can get segued a little bit. Is there anything to be said for the fact that we played last Monday night in Tampa? Yeah, I know. Came back to Dallas, flew back to the West Coast to play San Francisco. Yeah. And the San Francisco 49ers were sitting at home from last Saturday up to Sunday. They had an eight-day break we had a four and a half five day break
2: well you think about it most of those players wouldn't have been there Tuesday you know they get in bed at three o'clock in the morning
1: yeah yeah I'm I'm gonna say no on that one and the reason why I say that I'm gonna use this as a different reference point is Seattle yeah they went from Seattle went from there from Germany yeah and came back the following week and maybe a day difference yeah but much much longer t- travel, much more mm. jet lag, and still came back out and played ball and played effectively the week after. So I'm not using I'm I'm not going to use that yeah. as an, use that as an excuse. I think it is a bit shady though the fact that they used our game as a Monday night football when it was no way needed at all. Mm. Like if that was the case, why didn't they do like do that again? prime yeah. time football they didn't like play, play uh, the play up, you know, the playoffs what, 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 i know fun. but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's like why couldn't we be the prime time for saturday night why couldn't we be the prime time game for the sunday evening game yeah. why did why did i have to go to monday that was my biggest problem it's just mm-hmm. because it's it's just that i thought that was a bit unfair but it's to me i don't think it would make any a difference in terms of the turnaround to be perfectly honest i think yeah like preparation wise potentially yeah but when you get like when we're up against tampa bay by half like winning the way we were mm-hmm. already we're already kind of thinking about san francisco yeah probably. i just think
2: i i just think like for me personally, I just think Monday night football on a playoff weekend makes no
1: sense. Yeah. I agree. I think I think I think I think it should be given
2: a fair... weekend.
1: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah. anything if it, to make the league fair, it should be on same days. Like you should not be given any teams any disadvantage on that. I still don't like I still don't think. It's going to affect the teams that significantly no, 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 to, no, no, no. performance, but just from they it,
2: stay at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. so yeah, like, but if, if if anything, if anything, if there's one thing is injury recovery. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. That that ex, that, that extra day of uh, recovering from injury. That's something I will back. That's yeah. like so. So say for example, of like if Jalen got injured in that game and. He might needed that one extra day to recover to get him game ready, then yes, then that's a fair argument. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: It, it, the big one is recovery, not not just the injury, but also you know, like the fitness the stamina. So I don't think absolutely it, it gives yeah. a team advantage either way in terms of preparation for who they're playing. Because especially mm. in the NFC, teams fairly know each other quite well already. But yeah. what it does give an advantage to is in player readiness, in terms of their health and fitness.
1: Just out of curiosity, when did San Francisco play their uh, wild card game? Was Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. So, so Saturday, So they had they eight had the days. day. Yeah. So they they had eight. We had six. So they had more time for preparation, more time for their players to recover. I, again, I am not using this as an excuse, but yeah. I just, I, but the, in principle, it's not fair.
2: Yeah, like um, when you say when you say it's actually really only five days because yeah. you think yeah, Monday, yeah no you're Thursday right you're day, right you yeah yeah Tuesday yeah yeah you're Tuesday, right Tuesday they're not doing anything yeah an
0: like the guys are saying you know that they should play AFC one day NFC rotation yes and
1: that's the they way can't. it should be it's the way it should be um, all the all NFC games should be one day yeah. uh, it shouldn't be cross sectioned it shouldn't and, be and like keep all... it
2: that way all throughout the playoffs so yeah. whoever's I, I, whichever, I mean, whichever conference is on a Saturday, the opposite conference on a Sunday, you go all the way through that to the NFC yeah. Championship in that order.
1: And 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 if you do get to uh, get to the the Super Bowl, you do have that week in between that. So that yeah. doesn't it really doesn't matter. It, it doesn't yeah. make a yeah. difference because you've got the Pro Bowl in between that. Yeah. You've, got, yeah. you've got you've got essentially nearly two weeks yeah. to prepare. That you game. have
2: a you have a bye week, so both teams
1: Ex- are on a bye. Exactly, yeah. so yeah. I, like, I, I, yeah, so I I, I totally completely you guys. I think I think it if that, that's one thing the NFL needs to do is just think about being like, and that's the way the way NFL should be. Like we've got a fair system that comes to the draft board everything. where. Everything, everything yeah. but Thanks scheduling, flip. yeah. Every, everything but scheduling is the unfair advantage, and it's all because of TV. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. There's even T- rules
2: set into place on who goes on hard knocks.
1: Oh, I know, yeah. You know what well, I mean? I, I, well, that's a different, <laughs> I, 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 that's a different discussion for a different day, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: that's off season, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He,
0: here, here's kind of the point as you, as you guys were talking about this, I was just thinking about this. Saturday night you had the Chiefs play at home, that team play at home, then you had the two seeds play on Sunday night. The two seeds now have to travel. It shows the advantage of getting the number one seed. Oh, yeah, and yeah. You're literally getting, as you say, you get a two week but a two week bye, you've all your games at home, and you're getting more rest than the other teams around you so it shows the importance of that number one seed
2: and you think if you're a number one seed as well in most cases you've already won it in the final week of the league so most of your players significant starters anyway aren't playing that final week
1: yeah yeah and when you compare that to last year but we we were the number well we had a number two but but as of last year's playoff structure we did have a bye week. It's only now number one it only gets a bye week, and there's an extra playoff spot for seven teams in total. Now that's that changed. Was in place last year wasn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. was yeah, it, was that the 49ers yeah. Oh
1: right. Oh, Chris, that's right, Chris. That was wild card. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. My my my, my mistake.
3: You're all right.
1: It's all good. I mean, old Andy, old he, old, age, old age memory catches
2: <laughs>
3: up on us
1: all. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm Andy, and
0: Andy is making the point. I'm assuming it works on what TV networks get first pick at games. It's all, the first pick. It it's all really about. That's really TV rights. It's all about. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that I, they
2: wanna. They wanna have relevant football games. Yeah. Really, they want it every day of the week.
1: If they yeah. could. It's just, yeah. It's just more money in Roger Goodell's pocket. It's into it's, the day. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I and mean, you get you get that that franchise, not franchise, but you can if you can monopolize a certain day of the week for your network, you win.
1: Yeah. Oh, Look, look, it's just arrived into the chat. The basti is here. <laughs> yeah. I know, does I know, I know, I know, yeah. man. We we hear you, Labarski.
0: So look, let's talk a little bit about the defense themselves. We've we've talked about Dan Quinn. we kind of got a little bit sidetracked. I think this defense deserves its kudos after yeah. Saturday, Sunday night's performance. I I I will admit I was watching kind of half behind my hands going, they're gonna break at some point, and they didn't. No, they, no. they you know well, if can't... you if you look at
2: San Francisco 49ers offensive stats you look even just like a christian mccaffrey stats LVE you mm. had him
1: oh
2: yeah. you had him tied up. but you look at their stats and you look as well up until um like the, the middle of the third quarter they they, they, think that the defense was stifling them they were just kicking field goals
1: yeah yeah uh so i mean if we don't sign lve back oh He's I back. think I well I hope so. Like we kind of mentioned, we've got our priorities. We need to get Hankins back and we need to mm-hmm. get LVE back defensively. That's the true that's yeah. that, that, defensive priorities we need to do is get those two guys back because they helped us significantly in yeah. terms of the run game. And we saw that in the Tampa Bay game, and we saw that mm. in the San Francisco game. We saw like the running game for McCaffrey was just pretty much like I don't know i can't remember the exact yeah no it was pretty much non-existent
2: yeah i think he had 53 yards
1: yeah. which for mccarthy is a there. really that, bad day that that's a really bad day for mccarthy <laughs> yeah Mac, yeah and he had 35. I yeah. oh, was the other way 58. round it was the
2: numbers of the wrong way round <laughs>
1: yeah wow yeah okay Well. yeah so but was still under 100 yards rushing in total yeah. it's still oh, a yeah. good i still i still win From a defensive run stopping game and Um, the only touchdown of the game for the 49ers yeah Mm -hmm. and and that was more of a and that was a red zone yeah touchdown yeah that That was was like yeah it was pretty much it was pretty much what ezekiel Elliott's done is red zone touchdowns (laughs) yeah so like, um, like you
2: look at it you look at brock purdy you look at the pressures you know, there's videos of Michael
1: Parsons picking up
2: a three hundred pound mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey with one arm. Oh, that was roof. beautiful.
1: we <laughs> watch. That to me reminded me of um, what's his name. It played for the Eagles back in the day. Oh, I, know who
2: you're on about. I
1: know mm. who you're on about. Oh, what's his name? I'm not going to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, but but is but him... even even Trayvon Diggs had a good day he was like I will. i will say though he definitely chickened out on that tackle on on um Kittle. George kettle yeah. but
2: that, that goes back to remember paul we were talking about trayvon Diggs tackling style on the world's team
1: yeah. I was saying that you're it's right
2: not, it's not that he is unwilling to tackle it's his tackling style and what he likes to do is he likes the man to get past you and tackle you from behind but the issue in doing that, and this is why the 49ers <laughs> offensive players um, were better, <laughs> were better. They, they, they are good at beating the Cowboys' weaknesses. And one of those things, Trayvon Diggs tackling style. So because he's going to let you get past, he's going to let his man get past and then tag him from behind. That's yak
1: yards but 49ers the, all about That particular play, though, like – all Diggs had to do is actually just connect with him. Just wrap yeah, him up. Just yeah. no, no, not wrap him up. Even shoulder connection, he completely missed him.
0: Yeah.
3: That it was
1: that, that. was the problem for me. It Almost like not as severe as bad as what happened in the Miracle uh, in Minnesota yeah. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, but for a cornerback to not even make any contact, get the shoulder in to kind of even at least kind of get the ball loosened from hands from kittle at least and we can talk we can talk about like said so David gallimore dropping back into coverage and that as well that was actually a design play that they forced Gallimore out of there type of thing that was actually a really nice execution from San Francisco I will give them props for that they did He's like they executed that play very nicely
2: I will say this too Paul sorry mate and <laughs> I sound like a broken record with it Neville Gallimore.
1: I know, Neville. I know, he's done, he's done. Had I know, I know. He had a bad game.
2: Carlos, because yeah. what people don't realize is Carlos Watkins came in was having a yeah, good day too. He was doing really well. Then he got injured, and they had to put Neville Gallimore in. And Neville I, Gallimore screwed the pooch.
1: And and guys, you don't need to apologize. I know, like you know, I
2: about. know, man, I know. I just, you know, you know, I love you, and I don't I know like Yeah. You.
1: I know, and everybody knows, I do love Neville Gallimore, but we're not seeing the Neville Gallimore that we would expect from college. At this we, point, now, at this, yeah. At this point, so... I would say three years. <sighs> this was the three-year point. This was the make this was the supposed to be the sweet spot. wherever mm. back, back last season where he injured his arm may have affected him mm. progressing, we would never know, but... Yeah. I don't. I don't expect Gallimore to return back to the Cowboys after it's that. Clip. You needed no. him
2: to be a pass rushing three tech and you're not getting. Especially,
1: especially when you got, got Osa there as well. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and Osa was fantastic. He had a yeah. great game. Yeah. Like, oh, like, that
2: that you need him. You needed Gallimore to be that guy, especially on passing downs. On on, he's supposed to be the guy. That is that um, the you know, the remaining factor that can then go forward and place pressure on to your, and you think players, are, teams are focused on Micah Parsons. So they're not focused on Neville Gallimore, and he's not getting you pressure up front. His weakness was always run defense. So <laughs> one of the problems we were having was trying to stop the run. So he's not giving you anything on passing downs. He's not giving you anything on running downs. And, what are you expected to do with the guy? The guy can't continue on yeah. that way. It's bad for him too.
1: Just yeah. a, just, a, just a point to point out to and Andy's comment there. The Fortin mm-hmm. do have a fantastic team. There's no shadow sure of a doubt. Yeah. It's the put the way how they've got their system set up, the players play to their the system. system the, it's the it's system.
2: system. It's not running philosophy on both sides of the
3: ball.
1: And it's not quarterback reliant. Yep. No. It's like you you could put in Joe Blogs in there, and still San Francisco could win games. You could put Johnny Manziel if he was to listen to, and I'm easy not, now. I'm easy not, now. I'm, no, I'm being serious. I'm being deadly serious. <laughs> if you even if you put Johnny Manziel in there and not and just just do the simple things, get the ball out quickly, not yeah. run out the pocket. San Francisco would still win. Yeah, that's it, it's a fact. Yeah. And, and and same could be said with the Eagles as well, in a way. Maybe not Garden Minshew compared to Jalen Hurts, but you if you had to put someone like mid-tier, like it can be a starter in the NFL, the Eagles can still win games. Yeah. So look, folks, we're an hour and forty-five minutes
0: into the show. We are gonna start wrapping it up at this stage. The good news is, Mike, do you want to announce what is on on Thursday night? Uh, it's
2: the big heel on Thursday. If you
0: want to join us too,
2: Brian, I know you. Oh, yeah, you... I can do yeah. that. The Thursday <laughs> is one of the favorite shows uh, that we do. Yet It is a fan rant show. So you guys take over the show. Um, Whatever happens on the show. We've got a little bit that we talk about, but there's literally no script. There's no preparation to the show. There's yeah. no theme or nothing. The only theme is, is it's your show. And we mm-hmm. only talk about whatever you guys say. could be anything. But the idea is, is it's to be the big deal for everyone. Get it off your chest. Rant. Get those rants in. Yeah. And then we can all exhale and move on.
1: I think George has brought up the question that I was just about to ask. Who, we, who do we want to win the Super Bowl now? Chiefs i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say anyone but the eagles anyone but the no, Eagles. i don't
0: want eagles or 49ers
1: <laughs> that's fair yeah.
0: i'm 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 okay with any team from the afc yeah you? basically yeah yeah, yeah. It's, the AFC. it's
2: an afc now. I, 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 i'm selfish in my 49ers take because cowboys and 49ers have five super bowls and i do not want the 49ers to get the six yeah. that's
1: yeah that's a fair point yeah, yeah. afc then I, I I would, I, would, I, would, I, would like, I would like to see Joe
0: Burrow get the ring. I would I would give props to 49ers. I think they're possibly the best team this season. I just find it hard to think that they're going to go 14 games unbeaten.
1: Oh, yeah. If there's one way to describe the 49ers, they are a well-maintained uh, engine. Well-coached. So, yeah like oh, i'm using different a uh, like try to use that uh, like try to picture it like in comparison us we're like a lamborghini but it breaks down at times and we repair it then it's good again then it yeah. breaks down again that's what it kind of feels like we've got a hot lamborghini
2: a lamborghini what? on budget
1: tires yeah there you go yeah. right whereas you've got where's the 49ers they've got a a decent car but it's got good um, accessories to really like to keep it sustainable going forward, and that's what well, they've done. Well, it's, got,
2: the it's got a uh, 49ers, is a Ford KA with a uh, Formula One driver.
0: Here's here's the thing on the 49ers, though, <laughs> right? And they've got the Chiefs, oh, and, hey. and, and,
1: and, and you would say the Chiefs are like the Bugatti.
0: <laughs> just all round, yeah. who's the head coach <laughs> of the 49ers gentlemen
3: um,
0: Kyle Shanahan Yeah, He's blown the biggest leads in the in the last few Super Bowls I know, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Shanahan
3: yeah
0: just just saying but Paul do you want to give us
1: a shout out to uh, our great friends across the pond absolutely so guys if you're planning for the 2023 season uh, going to games across the pond. Be sure to go with CowboysExperience.com for meet and greets, stadium tours, game tickets, the ultimate tailgating experience, and much, much more. Where You get to meet players like Drew Pearson, Micah Parsons, Jay Novacek, Seth Martin, Travis Frederick, and many, many more.
0: And what, what do you have to do, Paul?
1: Oh, yes. Be sure to use the discount code UKCOWBOYS and you'll get a free goodie bag.
0: And you might get chocolate pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike gives your favorite shout out of all. Ah, here it is. Look, all the other content creators
2: that all of these guys are our friends. We love them all. We speak to them all. They've been on this show too. So from everything from the the guys over at Dallas Cowboys Media, all the way through Blogging the Boys, where you find me and Paul One and Five the Fan, and everything in between.
0: Absolutely, and then the last one the big one which was announced last week
1: <laughs> yes guys thanks 2023 is the plans for our travel package we've spoken to our sponsors Cowboys experience we're going to get more details posted up in the uh, in the coming months but yes be sure to knit down uh your schedules if planning plan to come along with us the more the merrier we want to do this as an international takeover we've spoken to our friends at cowboys can fan we've spoken to the Dallas Cowboys fans in Germany and Spain we're trying and we've also spoken to dallascowboys.com the fact that it's going to be an international takeover for thanksgiving so it's going to be big so if you want to be, be a part of the international takeover be sure to be part of that travel package
0: absolutely
1: and guys just to say thank you for everyone that's been with us this season yeah um, like and we've enjoyed your comments from like i said elizabeth lapaste joe and uh, dj dog joe from italy who is l- literally what just a uh, nice. what well, well um no he'll be nearly one nearly 1am 1 right now so <laughs> um mm-hmm. so so big shout to joe from uh staying up for all these late hours um mm. And everyone is actually stuck with us and help grow our channel and stuff about like you guys, like Mike always says, you guys are the MVPs.
0: Yeah.
2: Couldn't do it without you.
0: Absolutely, we couldn't.
2: And and I will say another thing about um our MVPs of the show.
0: They're never wrong. Never. Never, never. Tel- intelligent have, audience. We we might have differing opinions, but we would never say any of you are wrong. <laughs> yeah. But the other the, the other big thing, as we say, Mike is here with the fan rant show on Thursday. Most likely, Paul, you'll be along. I'll try and as, join him as well. As,
1: as always, I'll be there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um we are going as we say, we are gonna have our normal kind of off season routine. We will be doing the project prospect thing where we look at draft at different positions. What the draft projects or prospects are, who might be the guys to watch out for in the various rounds. That will be coming to you on a Tuesday night. And then the draft shows and more free agency and roster turnover kind of stuff mm-hmm. will be done on Thursdays. And again, it'll be myself and Mike will probably be along most Tuesday nights for the project prospects. And Mike will be hosting on the Thursday for the for the draft show. And and just
1: no, fi- and just finally just to add as well it's like guys be sure to hit like subscribe follow us on our social media as well we're trying to continue to grow and try and grow this channel and grow with you guys as well so give us a wee follow you can see our individual profiles here on on the screen mm-hmm. um and that but be sure to follow uk cowboys on twitter facebook yeah. youtube twitch as well so be sure everyone check us on all the platforms
2: and Find me and Paul on blogging the
1: boys. That's right. Yeah.
0: There you go. Ooh, Mike, you're, you're generally on. on what day on blogging the boys? Every uh, day. <laughs> <laughs> apart from every day.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, no, you'll find just my articles floating around on there. Yeah. And uh you'll um, find all
0: of us as well with Paul on
2: the world's team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Paul,
1: when do you and my best buddy Meg have your your shout out? yeah so me and meg we do the world's team on blogging the boys uh it will be out every saturday um i think there may be a, a new reshuffle of a schedule change because now we're kind of pretty much now off season so mm-hmm. um but, but as of right now it's still every saturday so um,
0: stay stay tuned to everyone's socials yeah and we'll, we'll do some more in.
1: draft stuff on the world's team oh yes <laughs> i've got yeah I, Definitely, we're going to have some exclusive interviews with some draft prospects and stuff like that. So, but yes, guys, thanks. It's been a hell of a ride. It's a shame yes. that we're. It's a shame that the seasons came to an end the way it did. But the show must go on. Two thousand and twenty-three, we start all over again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, we do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna try and play out the right music this time. Do you want to do it for you? Oh, you? oh, I think I have it on now. There we go. There we go. So listen folks, it is a good night for me. I'll pass it over to Paul and Mike.
1: That's a good night for me. Mike from him.